Welcome to the Sports and Media Show with Jeff and Joe. Jeff Owens is the WEIU-FM director at Eastern Illinois University, and Joe Gisandi is the author of Field Guide to Covering Sports. The Sports and Media Show is a sports podcast that talks about the media's coverage of sports. Now, let's go to the show. And welcome to another edition of the Sports and Media Show. I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. It is uh, a little late. We're uh, in the week recording it, but we are in the middle of uh, day two of the uh, NCAA tournament as we uh, record media show uh, number 24, Joe. And you've been on, uh, you just got back to Charleston where we recorded. Uh, so how was your trip before we'll start there? It was great. A couple of things. Uh, I went back to my, uh, I graduated high school in Fort Myers, Florida. So I was down there for a couple of days. I visited my uh, my best friend at Fort Lauderdale for a couple of days. Uh, it, it was it, it was it was pretty cool. I was going to go to a spring training game. I, I brought the, I put this on the list. Seventy five bucks you posted for they wanted for tickets. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I I remember the days and friends of mine who who lived there down in Fort Myers and covered. We several of us worked for the Fort Myers News Press. It used to be about four or five bucks. You get a bleacher t- ticket. You watch the game. Uh, another friend of mine was talking about remembering how it was like even for ten bucks you could get beers and tickets and everything. I wanted. I figured. Well, the Twins and the Red Sox are both in Fort Myers now. It used to be the Royals, yeah. and um, seventy-five dollars was the cheapest. This was a standing room only ticket um, through StubHub because they they all sold out. But seventy-five dollars. I'm thinking, who's paying seventy-five dollars for a spring training ticket? Well, and spring training is about relaxing and going down there and having fun, and you you could stay for three or four innings, and if you want to take off to do something else, you can. But at seventy-five bucks. There's no fun there. I mean, that, that's that's playoff ticket money, in my opinion. That's that's absolutely crazy. And they'd like you to believe that's the way spring training is now, and it isn't. It used to be that way, but I'd say probably that went away about 10, 15 years ago when all these parks started building. Like in Tampa, the Yankees are now and have their own mini park. It's like 15,000. It's really like a mini spring training. You don't have nearly the access you used to. You have more than you do during a, during the regular season, but you don't have the access that you once had where you could just sort of walk up and talk to people. And yeah, uh, But $75, yeah, that was crazy. If I had waited... If I were there two more days, I could have got one for the Red Sox against the Astros for about 26. I don't know why this one was so expensive. It was only the Toronto Blue Jays. Who cares? Yeah, that makes no sense at all. Uh, The other thing that's going on, obviously, the NCAA tournament, uh, day one. Not a lot of major upsets. Minnesota lost, I guess, was the only uh, number five or six seed that lost. Right. Uh, Pretty boring day overall for, uh, you know, March Madness uh, and day two goes today. But the real thing that people are talking about in the NCAA tournament is uh, UCLA – and the father of one of their uh, players. Uh, the billionaire player? Uh, the player, yeah. Uh, LeVar Ball is the father's name. Lonzo is the UCLA player. But LeVar Ball will basically say anything for publicity, and people are wondering if it's good for his kids and their future and their NBA future and stuff. So your thoughts on the media's coverage of LeVar Ball and LeVar Ball overall? Well, one thing we cover is something unusual, and it, and it is somewhat unusual. But, but then again, not much. He reminds me a little bit of both uh, the Williams sisters' dad. Earl and, Woods a little bit, too. And Earl Woods, yeah, absolutely. And so you have a father who's been pushing his children to succeed, and the Williams sisters are arguably the greatest combo, uh, and Serena probably the greatest tennis player of all time. Tiger, if he's not the greatest, he's certainly two or three or four. Um, who knows how this guy is going to be? So I, I, I like bluster. I don't know how you are. I think it makes it fun. I think too much it's... Um, well, I think part of it is that he has basically kind of worked the media a little bit to his advantage. I mean, sure. the media could have just said, hey, we're not, we don't care. But, 
you know, Charles Barkley's out there. Mike and Mike are talking about him. You know, Dan Patrick's talking about this guy. Everybody's interviewing him, you know, all over the place. So, I mean, they, they've, they've bought into it. And he's just cha- – hey, when he challenges Michael Jordan to a one-on-one or Charles Barkley to a one-on-one, you know, it's done, I think, with a gl- just a, a, a smidge of seriousness. And really it's done just to, to keep attention to his brand, is what, which is what he's trying to build. Well, like a lot of news, 20, 25, 30 years ago, this would have never, maybe it was a little note in some notebook, but probably not even that. Yep. But now you have to fill it. That's why we have so much news that's getting filled that's not. A, a, a friend of mine who's uh, one of the editors for, for a golf magazine, I was asking him a question yesterday, and he goes, God, I'm just so sick of some unusual shot going off an alligator being like our biggest hit on our website. <laughs> well, and that happened in golf yesterday. Did you see that? Wait, what was the, that? The yes. golfer comes up to, uh, there's an alligator that, that's sitting on the edge of the fairway. His uh, The alligator's face is headed is towards the water, and his tail's on the fairway. The, the pro golfer comes up and nudges the alligator on the tail, which is pretty stupid. But the alligator jumps into the water, and now it's all over every social media place there is this morning. It's a great video, but, man, if that alligator goes the other way, it might be a different story. Well, yeah, and now you're going to have a few people saying it, and they're going to blame the PGA for having done this or something. Uh, The fact of the matter is the tail is actually sometimes the more dangerous part because if it's a big enough alligator, having lived there for 24 years, you learn these things. (laughs) One is the tail, it could break your legs. And then if you then if you're immobile because they can't move around really well left to right, uh, but they they can outrun they could right outrun um, the fastest Olympic sprinter for about 20 30 feet maybe even 20 30 yards. <laughs> wow! Uh, but no, I haven't seen. It. I'll have yeah, to check it's pretty, that out. It's pretty funny. It's just a short video, but it's. I, I bet he wouldn't have done it if it was that big no, monster no, no, one no. we saw. This was you about know, a couple a six of months or seven ago. footer, so it was. Eh, that's, a de- that's a decent. That's a decent size, I guess. Uh, Charles Barkley is always in the news. I've decided, uh, and I think he loves it. Uh, and of with course. Charles, I think it is. I hope he is not becoming a character of himself because he's really just seems to be saying things to say things now. But he is genuinely funny. But he is everywhere. He's arguing with Ball. He's talking about the NCAA tournament. And a lot of people think he's completely unprepared for this, but they put him on because he's Charles Barkley. Your thoughts on the Chuckster? Well, I'd listen to him pretty much talk about anything. If we, if, I, if he started talking about the economy, I'd you know I'd listen to him. If he was asking talking about some of these little wonkish things, if he asked yeah. him talking about the weather in Afghanistan, I'd listen to it. I, he's just enjoyable to watch. But I mean, I don't take it seriously. I mean, there he does bring up some good points, particularly for basketball. I don't expect yeah. it in economics or, or <laughs> Afghan, Afghanistan climatology. <laughs> but he, he's an interesting fellow. You know, I, he's entertaining. You he's can't very, help but like him. No, like Shaquille O'Neal. I love listening to Shaquille O'Neal. There's several people out there I truly enjoy listening to, no matter what it has to say. And their new commercial they debuted last night with uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Spike Lee on the plane, with the steaks on a plane. I, oh, steaks, steaks on a not pl- snakes. No, steaks. Oh. You gotta see it. I mean, I was chuckled. Of course, I look over at my wife. She's like, I don't get it. I'm like, it, you just have to understand. But it was. it's really good. So he's everywhere right now. Well, so Samuel, I just saw Samuel Jackson a couple of uh, weeks ago in uh, the last half hour of uh, Pulp Fiction. He, he's he's good at anything. Yeah. He's awesome. Exactly. Uh, locally, the American, well, not locally, but it does affect some things happen here at Eastern, is the American Sports Network has went belly under, and they put on a lot of uh, sports broadcasts. In fact, they do a lot of stuff for Conference USA. So here, you know, even though it's late in the, uh, you know, the, the, the year, late in the calendar year for colleges, it's really going to affect some uh, sports productions in the fall with the American Sports Network. How long under. have they been around? They've been around the last three to five, six years, I know, because Eastern Illinois University does some things with them, as well as Conference USA. They're based out of Florida, but uh, you know, surprisingly, I think, is a lot of time they, they seem to be growing. But man, just 
out of nowhere, so they're gone. I, I don't know too much about them. So would they come in and say do an Eastern game and broadcast and sell it or subcontract it? They would. They're to, mostly to whom? Oh, they would sometimes try to go to like the the, the Fox Midwest mm-hmm. or Fox St. Louis, uh, even you know local channels if they do it. But they were basically like a sub producer, and then they would you know, sell it to other places. Uh, but you know, it's just going to affect a little bit of college or you know sports around here on TV. And you know, I just, I was kind of surprised it went under because I really thought they would been doing well. But uh, you know, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Do you think they're finding difficulty placing these games now? I think so because there was a couple of times where even Eastern had American Sports Network on, but you couldn't find them on on your you know, your channel lineup because they didn't sell it, you know, to a place locally or that one of the local providers had it on. So I think that was the toughest part of it. They didn't have an actual slot on DirecTV, a slot on Dish or Consolidated or MediaCom or wherever you got your TV. Yeah, I, I, I was talking to you know one of my best friends and. We, He's a big fan of women's basketball. Yeah, um, and he said he'd watch it just as much as men. And I, and, and of course he's not the norm because that's usually not the case. And you know we t- we talk about it here all the time. There's so many sports in this country. How do you keep up? You know, when I was sitting down there, it's like all the NBA games. Now the NCAA tournament's going on. It's it's very difficult to keep up with all of these. I did sports. that a little bit last night. I know when we were in record this, and I kind of just on the I'm a direct TV consumer, and I just looked at you know like CBS uh, Sports Network had like rodeo on, NBC had hockey, I believe, or NBC Sports, you know, and then ESPN, which was trying, you know, it doesn't have the NCAA had uh, tournament, but they had the NCAA wrestling championships, and they're doing a lot better coverage this year of that than they have in the past because I think they need that, uh, you know, they need to fill time. Right, uh, and it's just weird how many different sports you can catch any night of the week, and I mean, you know, on a Thursday night, let alone with all the four networks that CBS is covering with the NCAA tournament, things like that. So yeah, there's plenty of options out there to, to watch sports. I don't even talk about what's going on on Fox Sports Midwest with, you know, either have the Blues or the Blackhawks or the Cardinals rebuild right. broadcast. So it's crazy. Uh, there's plenty of you, you can't if you want to watch sports, you can watch sports. There's no doubt about it. And the, and the th- thing that was kind of interesting, I don't watch Sports Center as much as I used to. Yeah, because we don't. Does. Most of us don't need to, and that's probably why the ratings are down. But they did a top ten. I was when we were sitting there, a friend of mine and I, and on the top ten, two of the lists. One was this dancing referee. I don't know if you saw that. It was it was Wednesday night's top ten. Um, and I'm trying to think what. The, and the other one was somebody climbing up a cliff and hanging from it and slipped but then got caught herself uh, and i'm thinking he goes those aren't sports yeah. why are those on there i said yeah. because you're not getting these clips anywhere else and they're trying to differentiate themselves and, exactly and that's right. what we're all trying to do right and i think every if you notice that espn's top 10 there's always a soccer one now from always of, and, yes. and, and, and some of them are not that great but I, they're trying to force feed a soccer a little bit on espn they knowing that that's probably the next big global sport and they want to keep their foot in the door but some of them like a guy makes a goal and you're like okay that wasn't better than a, a three 360 jam or some of the right. other stuff on there, but I understand what they're going to do. They, they had one actually that night, which was one of the top five, was a goalie came out in three consecutive dove left stopped stood up dove right and then finally got his hand it was it was it was a remarkable yeah. athletic achievement it wasn't just a goal yeah. being scored yeah. yeah uh northwestern basketball won uh, made to their first ncaa tournament and then won their first game yesterday uh and the poor kid on the other team they were playing i believe vanderbilt committed a a, a a kind of a dumb foul i don't think it was as bad as everybody's talking i saw one headline today it was just the worst call it was just the worst thing ever in the ncaa tournament i'm thinking what about chris weber calling timeout when <laughs> in a championship game this is a first game and Vanderbilt got the ball back with a chance still to win and, and missed a shot so I don't think it's the worst thing ever but this kid's kind of getting vilified a little bit in the media day. I don't know if you got to see much of it well yesterday traveling. well yesterday my daughter <clears throat> was visiting someone in Mississippi so um, I actually flew from New Orleans 
to meet her from Fort Lauderdale, New Orleans, and we drove for ten and a half hours yesterday. <laughs> so, unfortunately, I missed, and I love the first day of the NCAA tournament. So, so basically, they were up one. North uh, Northwestern was up. No, yeah, we get this right. Uh, Vanderbilt was up one, but the guy went ahead and fouled and in, intentionally and put Northwestern on the free throw line with like 16 seconds to go. The Northwestern kid makes the two free throws, but Vanderbilt still had 15 or 16 sure, seconds to go down. Sure, basketball, that's a lot of time. Yeah, and they, you know, they went down and missed a shot, and they, the rebound went out of bounds. It was off them, they, so they didn't get really another chance to, to take a shot. But, I mean, this kid's kind of this Davis kid, or I think his name's Davis, Frazier Davis. Uh, it's kind of being, you know, he, he even took the, loss, the blame for the loss, and I'm like, well, he fouled the guy. Maybe he shouldn't have fouled him, but. That's a smart foul sometimes. In I a mean, way, I can see why you'd do it. I mean, they still got the ball back with a chance to win. Right. And the kid launched a 30-footer. 15 seconds is way enough time. That's not on this one kid. You just can't. I mean, we we tend to focus on the last three minutes of a game or 30 seconds. And, you know, there's a lot of things that happen early. The thing is, it's tough to say, how does that play in the second half that's, you know, 10 minutes left? How does that have the impact? Because we all naturally remember the end, right? Yep, exactly. Uh, Something about the Northwestern, which is interesting, is that – Northwestern delivers an awful lot of top broadcasters, bro- yeah. broadcasters and, 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 and journalists across the country. Um, and everybody goes, oh, Northwestern is one of the best journalism programs, or Missouri is one of them. And, and, and sort of two parts. One is the reason Northwestern is one of the best journalism programs or, or produces the most is because they attract the best talent. It's like Kentucky getting the best talent every year. Yep. It's like certain programs getting it. So certainly they do an amazing job. So, I mean, if you're listening, I, I love Northwestern, but – you know, if we got the same talent or some other place gets this top talent, whether it's basketball or journalism, you're going to deliver that. But uh, the Chicago Tribune, Phil Rosenthal, who's one of their TV, yeah. TV critics, he was talking about how tough it is. Is it tough for these people to hold back from rah-rah for that? And uh, two, two of the things I thought were interesting. One is Christine Brennan, who's just a great, great reporter. Her, yeah. yeah, she's tremendous. She said that she has a policy that she won't write about Northwestern. They did ask her to write about uh, that woman who died, the basketball player, earlier this year, but she doesn't want to do it. And the other one was Counter, who I also have much respect for, is Michael Wilbon. And he went right after it. <laughs> and he said, okay, I'll do it, but I'm letting people know I'm all rah-rah about this. I'm wearing the gear. And someone said, isn't that a problem? And he goes, no, a sports journalism isn't the same, or at least where he is right now. He's no longer a Washington Post beat writer. He's now a broadcaster. So he's really going across both sides. So he didn't have as much of a problem. And I understand what he's saying. And he's a personality. I mean, so I think when people become personalities, they are going to show their allegiance. I'm sure it alienates some people, but, you know, if you don't, it's better than lying about it, you know. And you know, sure. You know, like Greenberg in the morning. We all know he's a Northwestern guy, and he's a Jets fan. He tells us that every day of his life. <laughs> you know, Mike Golick is a Notre Dame fan. He tells right, us that right, every day right. of his and life. In Cleveland, yeah. right? Yeah. And so we all we get that, you know. And I know Skip Bayless. Was Skip Bayless is the one who went to Vanderbilt? Well, yeah. Well, I I, I help uh, run a journalism one down in Vanderbilt, and so you've got Buster Olney, and yeah, Vandy has. The funny thing is, they don't have a journalism program. Oh, they but they have the Grantland Rice Scholarship, which is the, one, one of the best um, in, in the country there. So you have all these great people, Lee Jenkins from SI, Dave Shining from the Washington Post, you know, the people that you just mentioned there. Um, so we, we, you know, there's certain programs that produce people like Northwestern and such, yeah. There you go. Uh, NBA teams, uh, right now as the end of the year, they're all trying to get into that uh, number one spot. Uh, and uh, a couple of announcers and, and people in the, in the media really got on the Lakers. Because the Lakers are basically – Fully out admitted. Now they're tanking. They've they've shut two of their players down. They got crushed by like thirty the other day. Yeah, they shut right? Mozgov. Yeah, and so 
Your thoughts on an NBA teams, you know, basically for all for lack of a better way to say it, shutting their better players down at the end of the year so they can solidify their draft slot. It goes counter to everything sports is about. I don't. I don't care if you're zero and ten or if you're or ten and zero. Uh, you go out there and play. I understand, for example, the strategical advantage advantage that like a Greg Popovich has. He's got an older team, so down the stretch, he's going to sit some of his players for more minutes. That that's strategical because he's trying to get ready for the for playoffs. The playoffs. Yeah. Um, but if this were the end of the year, he probably would do that just so they don't get beat up maybe for the next year. But you do not sit your best players ever. I, to, to, I mean, not ever. To lose. To tank. Your goal and every team is to, is to win. The Philadelphia 76ers have been the most egregious example the last few years because they're saying, well, we're trying to get draft picks. Well, there's nothing that says draft picks. That's, that's a lucky bounce of a ping-pong ball. But even that doesn't. A lot, think of the teams that have built themselves without high draft picks. Sure, the Spurs had, what, yeah. Tim Duncan, where he was able to get in there. But other than that, they built it around. I don't think Kawhi Leonard was that high of a pick. And, oh, he was and drafted they, by the Pacers and traded back to the Spurs right. in the second round. So, you know. I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was no. going to say. I think the greatest idea for the you NBA. You don't try to lose. Yeah. Here's what ever. you should do. Is, okay, how many? 16 teams make the playoffs, right, in the NBA? Right. I think if what you should do is the 17th team should be the number one draft pick. Make them play to get to number 17, win to get a reward. What about that? It could be, but I just say, damn it, you try to win. No, I agree. I, I, I know, you're, I know Joe, you're with me on but this, but I'm just thinking. How do you, how do you convince I think them it, to win? I think if we were to do that, while I think it's very creative, I think it, it's embarrassing. Yep. Because you should never want to be the last team in the league ever. That's embarrassing. Yeah. And I, I, I'm and someone. A, and for a team like the Los Angeles Lakers to tank, right. I mean, here is one of the premium, prima donna, or whatever you want to call it, biggest teams. One of, you're right, premier teams. In, 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 in the sports world, in the sports Correct. history. I mean, you grew up with the Lakers and Cream and Wilt and Magic and all the guys and the Showtime and the Laker girls and Phil Jackson and Kobe, and now you're tanking because you, you haven't figured out how to win in the last three or four years. Yeah, you said it right. It's an embarrassment. I, I didn't know how you were going to go on this one. I'm so glad. So you don't always have to have arguments on, in sports radio, which I think some of the reasons. But, but you know, I, I'm not a big person for calling for coaches' heads or anything yeah. like this. But if I were, say, you know, a columnist like a Mike Sealski, I don't know, he's just tremendous. Say I'm, I'm in Philadelphia or if I'm in L.A. right now. I'm actually going to say if they don't change this around, we need to get rid of these people. And, 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 that, and that's for me, that's a huge thing to say. I can't imagine trying to lose on purpose. There you go. And, and they brought in Matt, and it's really started a little bit under Magic Regime because they brought Magic back. What but, does he know about winning? I, yeah, <laughs> it's just weird. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very surprised that he would have a part in that because uh, um, you, I can't imagine him being on the court ever. Ever trying to lose, even if his team were owing, you know, eighty-one going into you know the last week of the season. All right, I'm glad we agree on that one. Uh, the Walking Dead last week. Uh, did you get to see it or not? Um, I did not. I am. I did. Okay, so we won't do our Walking Dead. We'll do a I double am, episode. I am sorry, next. everybody, but I was out of town and uh, and I couldn't get. I didn't have access to a television, frankly, that night. I was traveling. All right. Uh, but we won't touch on that. But I will. I plan on watching. I would have watched it this morning, but I got in about midnight and I got up at seven this morning. So <laughs> I've got. Uh, it's nine o'clock here in the morning. I go. was so angry I didn't you get have any to see that. Topics for this week's uh, sports and media show. Um, one thing: it's the NCAA basketball tournament, and I'm always intrigued when I'm hearing people talk about these teams. And 
I don't think most of the people know what the hell they're talking about. You know, when they're talking about, seriously, how many people know, okay, break down Indiana. Uh, well, well, of course, it's not in the tournament, yeah. but you know, break down St. Mary's or Gonzaga. I, it, it's, it's, it's amazing how many people try to act like they know. Like, if we were on here, we could probably look up some points and, and talk a little bit about some of it. And there's certain teams we know more about. But I always find it interesting how all these people act like they know what they're talking about on these. There's maybe there's, a Jay Billish. Maybe there's uh, – I'm, I'm trying to think who else would be well, – who, who follows these, it. These bracketologists, that are, they call them, who think they know everything. Yeah. And they, they may know a little bit because they follow it, but you can't know everything. It's just like guys who – in the polls, there's no way you can follow – 40 teams in, in any sport, but you know, college basketball, you know, there's no way you can know what Florida Gulf Coast is doing as opposed to Mount St. Mary's to, to you know, Washington University to UCLA. There's, you, you don't have the, there's no way. It's impossible to know the ins and outs. Now, it's easy to look at a stat sheet and say, ah, Joe Gisandi leads, you know, whoever, or Jeff Owens leads this guy, right, everybody. Right. But to know, you know, one through nine on the depth chart and to know what these guys are made of and to know the ins and outs, it's impossible. That's why. I guess that's somewhat why the NCAA tournament is so is so fun, but it's also baffling because people really fall into all oh, they, they say these things and you automatically just do it. Here's the greatest example: Middle Tennessee State yesterday, a 12 seed was favored in Vegas over the five. Over the five. Now, now, what does that tell you? The people that picked this pool that were clueless, but the people in Vegas who that's their life or conspiracy theory. <laughs> there you go. They do some of these games because they know the upsets drive the popularity of this. And it, I'm not claiming that is, but it, it but, very but, well but, be. but but think about it. Vegas is the one people one place where I think some of these people do know because that's their livelihood. Oh, yeah. why why and I think and it, was a, a, it was a it was an easy win for Middle Tennessee State. Don't you think like, there's a bias against the conferences with that has a Middle Tennessee State. Yep. So therefore obviously Minnesota has to be better. I think it's more likely that. I don't think it's a conspiracy, but you know, but yep. but certainly those upsets are, are are advantageous to the whole tournament. People like that because like you said, eh, there was one upset, there was a couple of lower seeds beating bigger but were not upsets. No one's really talking about the NCAA tournament today. So today should be the day when when this is filmed on the Friday of the uh, over the first weekend that there should be a lot of upsets. So, well, so what do you want to learn? Like for the, when it gets to the NCAA tournament week, people want to fill the brackets. But if, if you're talking about ESPN shows, those shows aren't built really for the main or for, for the hardcore fans. I, I, I don't what, what, what do you want to know? What are stories or, or topics that interest you going into the tournament? What I like to know is like the, when you when you when you, like Florida Gulf Coast last night when they come out and they're introduced, I like to know the history of some of the players, like if they're related to some guys who've played in the pros or their dad played in college. I like that kind of stuff or if there's a great story about them. Uh, there's a great story about some wrestlers right now. This one wrestler was homeless, lived in a car, and oh, now wow. he's, you know, all this stuff. Those are the kind of stories I like. Uh, more more over the LeVar Ball stories where you know that this family's going <clears> to, you know, is, is, is that a good family and they're, and they're rich and everything but I don't really care about that as much. I like the stories of the kids who came from nowhere and got the scholarship and this is, this is our livelihood to make it. It's more fun that way to me. I agree. I think it still comes down to what we're doing in caves, you know, tens of thousands of years ago, which is telling stories. Yep. And I want to hear that story. And I'm really interested about hear, learning more about the wrestler who was the homeless person yep. or, or, what, or, or what what you have there. I think it's really journalism is sports journalism is dividing into the storytellers 
and the statistical people, I the agree. people that are doing the, knowing what player efficiency means or war means and all of these other things mean. And one thing I was I watched a lot of the basketball games last night as I was scanning around is that so many kids are coming from Senegal and Chad and these countries that you you know you don't really know anything about and they're you know they're obviously seven foot tall so it gives them a a, a little bit of a lead, a free advantage to come over here. But how do, how do you how do those kids adapt? I'd love to hear the story about how those would be how great the stories. Of Florida Gulf Coast get a seven footer to come from Chad to come over or come over here and do this. You know how do they get them? That's the, the you know the fun. And then how does that kid you know how do you does that kid survive on a campus and how does he get along? I mean, they, they seem like great kids, but you don't know. And those are the fun stories I think that the NCAA tournament doesn't do as well with. But and, and they go fast, and there'll be more of those come on by Sunday. It's, it's, it's kind of interesting because they exactly do that for the Olympics. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's like, oh, but these are American basketball players. We must know something. No, I don't know much about. Most people don't know much. But if you're an Illinois fan, you know those players and maybe yeah. some other Big Ten. But you don't know the Pac-12 or. You know the ACC or Florida Gulf Coast University, yeah. right? Exactly. So those stories are the ones that I would absolutely love to know more. And by about. the second weekend, some of those stories come out because you have the 16 teams that'll make it by this weekend. Then you, you know they'll have three or four days to kind of to, to do some of those special interest stories for next weekend on the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight weekend. So those are the kind of stuff I like. I think the storytellers are great. I agree. I either want statistical. I, I want some really great fan graph type statistical yeah. breakdown. I'm like, yeah, m- new numbers. Or I want a story. Yeah. Now, I will say, I, I talk about Florida Coast and Florida State because they played last night. And that was the one game I watched most of. They, they go, this will be a dunk contest. And usually when somebody, an announcer says that, there's not a dunk. <laughs> First two plays of the game, Florida dunks, Florida Gulf Coast comes out of the dunks. I'm like, wow, they got this Did they end up dunking a lot? It was a lot of dunks. Yeah, some really good athletes, and it was a fun game to watch. Florida State won. Florida like, Gulf Coast has become such a power so quickly. I was rooting for them. So cool. It's tough for me because growing up in Florida, I mean, yeah. I, I, I've become a Florida State sort of fan, uh, but Florida Gulf Coast is. I went to high school, and that's. I mean, that didn't exist then. But yep. they're really Florida Gulf Coast. I'm really amazed how they've gone from nowhere to their. This is what their third, maybe yeah, third in the last four years. Yeah, yeah. something like that. They made that's Sweet Sixteen a couple years ago. Yeah, so. absolutely. All right, Joe. Well, I'm uh, sorry we can't talk about The Walking Dead this week. So next week it'll be a kind of a dual episode talk about The Walking Dead. Right. No, I'll, I'll be watching it tonight. There's no doubt about it. Uh, maybe we'll talk about the World Baseball Classic final because I know everybody's really. Except, although the interesting thing about that is, I've watched the little I've seen. It seems like the, the non-American fans, it's like a suck. You know, you're hearing yeah. these chants. I'm going, wow, they're making baseball a lot more exciting than we watch it in this country, and I right? I see where Hosmer for the Royals said, I don't understand why more of our play, our better American players aren't playing this. This is a blast. This is our country. So I think the people playing it are having a fun. I, it's just something that, to me, I'm sorry, it, it just... I'll watch it. There's nothing else on, but like we talked about earlier, there's always something else on. It just doesn't do anything. It has the disadvantage of being directly against March Madness. March Madness. Hockey's really ramping up. NBA is, you know, starting to get towards playoffs. Uh, you know, the wrestling championships are on. For me, that's I like watching those. So it's just, it's just really And spring training baseball. Yeah, spring training baseball. There you go. Well, I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. We'll see you next week. Thanks, sir. We hope you enjoyed the sports media show with Jeff and Joe. Check back weekly for the next show. This is the sports podcast that talks about the media's coverage of sports. Everybody.